Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. We're going to linger in God's word on today for just a little bit longer. We're coming today from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs, chapter 4 and verse 23. Because the word of God is the authority on our lives, why don't we stand in reverence as I read it in your hearing. That is Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23. Um, this text, if you've been in Christendom for quite some time, you're familiar with this particular text here in Proverbs. Uh, the wisest man in the world is encouraging uh, all of us. Um, the first part of this, he's, he's as if he's talking to his son. He's my son. I have some things I want to tell you. Uh, and he shares some of these things with them. Uh, and the highlight for me in this portion of the things that he is sharing with his son comes from verse 23. Because it's on the screen here, if you don't mind, can we all read it together? Uh, let's go. Above, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Let's just do it one more time, please. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You may take your seat. Today we are coming to you uh, from this pericope and the title of our message today is On the Road of Life. On the Road of Life. Thank you, Izzy. On the road of life, there are many major thoroughfares that will take you through some important uh, destinations, some necessary places that you can go through. It's the destination that we choose in our lives that sometimes charts the course for different things that we will encounter along the way. And if you choose a good destination and follow the right road to that destination, you know if you've chosen a place you want to go, you'll reap the satisfaction of having reached your goal, reached your destination, and found the place you have been driving to. Can I say to your listening ear today that one doesn't take the five south from Garden Grove trying to get to Magic Mountain. It would be a nice journey, but at some point in time, Google or Waze is going to be continually trying to tell you to turn around at the next, do a U-turn at the next street. Do a U-turn at the next street, they will say. Because where you are going is, is, is you can gain access to it by which way you take. In August next year, our Pathfinders will be going to Gillette, Wyoming, uh, and we're going to be heading northerly, north and then east. We're going to be trying to make it from here to Wyoming, and it's not going to make sense for us to take the 10 east because the 10 East travels a little lower along the United States, uh, and it's not heading up towards Wyoming. The 15 would be the best route that we would take, because that's the 15 that's going to take us up north, and then we'll probably jump over a little bit to the 80, and then after that, there'll be a few like service roads, 259 and 280 and 227 are different roads that we'll probably get on as we head there, because the road that you choose to go on, it must be a road that's taking you to your destination. 
me give you one more example. If we wanted to go down to San Diego and enjoy some of the beaches there, it won't make sense to jump on the PCH North. No. While it will be very scenic and we'll see some wonderful coastline, I don't know about you, but I've been on the PCH heading up towards Monterey, and it looks really nice. You see some awesome waves that come in and feel some wonderful breeze. Uh, one of the frustrating things about being on the PCH is every now and then it's just one lane each way, and you get behind somebody driving Miss Daisy, and you are just going slow for quite some time. If you're impatient like me, you're waiting for the, the uh, yellow lines to become broken so that you can look for the safest route around. But yet today, this message is not so much about our destinations this morning as much as it, about, as it is about how to maintain focus in this world full of distractions. It's more about understanding how to stay focused in the midst of many of the attractions that this world has to offer. It's about holding on in the midst of troubling actions so that when you and I decide on a destination, if we focus on that destination, it makes getting there easier, safer, and probably even sometimes quicker. We'll remember what is happening on the road sometimes when you plant a course. Before you go on that course, sometimes you will remember what was done before. Our text today tells us to guard and protect our minds. This means to guard, watch this, the receptors and our minds, in, around our minds, heart and soul, so as to keep us focused on where we are going. I'd like to suggest to those of us today who have been living a life looking for God's purpose, I want to ask you today, have you been paying attention to your influences along your road? Have you been paying attention to the rest areas that show up and the exits that come? I want you to understand it makes more sense to pay attention, listen to me, to your destination than to pay attention to those outside influences because they come in sometimes and take you off your course. I want to suggest to you today and my first point that I want to bring to you that it's important on the road of life to make sure that you and I access our GPS pretty often. What do you mean, Pastor McBride? You see, I'm one of those guys that when I'm uh, driving to a familiar place, I'll still put on my GPS. Anybody else out there with me? Yeah. It's like, I know I'm going to Clinton. I'm going to Orangewood. I've been there many, many times. I come down during the week two and three times sometimes. Uh, but one of the first things I'm going to do before I get out my neighborhood, Courtney, is I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to punch it into ways as if I've never done it before. You know, and it's going to come up. One of the things that's going to immediately tell me, one of the things I'm, I'm immediately, immediately be looking for is, Jackie, how long? How long? I know, I, I know, Courtney, it's, a, it's about a 25, 30 minute drive the way how I drive. But I still want to know how long it's going to take because what I know that's going to happen is that Waze is going to begin to calculate not only how long it's going to take me, but she's also going to, I call, I say she because my Waze speaks in a female voice, probably a British voice. So she tells me, careful on the road ahead, there are vehicles on the side. She speaks just like that. I, 
I can't keep it up, but she definitely does it all the time. Police on the side. But I set it up so that she could tell me the obstacles that are coming up. I set it up so that she can make sh- so that she can reroute me if if I, if something is coming up that I don't want to get in contact with. And so one of the things that you and I need to do is to access frequently our GPS, even though we know where we are going. Say, Pastor McBride, okay, cool. Uh, You've got ways to take you where you want to go. And those uh, unfortunate Android users in here today, uh, they have Google Maps that will take them where they need to go. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just messing and meddling all all through the message today. Uh, But what do you mean, Pastor, by a GPS system? I want to share with you today that our GPS for our lives is our God positioning system. Our God positioning system makes sure that you and I are on track for the purpose that God has in our lives. You and I all know that there are some individuals, don't look to your left or to your right, who have been meandering around life this whole time and they have not been uh, catching the sail of their purpose. They've not been living in their purpose and it's because they don't check their God positioning system. I would ask you a question this week. How many times did you look at your position with God to make sure that you are on the right path. How many times this week did you ask God, hey Lord, am I on the right path with you? Your GPS means your God positioning system. It makes sure that should an obstacle arise on the road, it will tell you accident ahead. I love when Waze begins to tell me that, that there's an accident ahead. What that says for me is, I'm now going to be looking for another route around this accident. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the road. I'm going to make sure that I look for lanes that are closing. I'm going to make sure that I look for lanes that are opening up because I want to make sure that I am going as quickly and as safely as I possibly can. One of the other things... I'm excited about my GPS. My GPS always tells me when there's danger coming. Now again, if you're a driver like myself who enjoys the road and you have lead for feet, I love when Waze says, police reported ahead. Oh man. Like, do you know how many tickets I have been saved from? I downshift in my six-speed manual and I put it back into fifth gear, maybe drop it down to fourth gear, and I just kind of just cruise on by. Every now and then when I know, Elder Iris, I'm doing too much, doing too much, I'll put the clutch in and let my car ride quietly past the police. Those, those of us who drive stick understand what I'm saying. As soon as you engage the clutch, the car gets lighter, the sound goes away, and she just kind of just coasts on by. You see, our God works pretty similar in that he makes sure that you and I stay on the right path and out of the way of danger. Sometimes you and I may approach life not putting, not paying attention to our GPS, not putting it on, not asking God where he wants us to go. And we go through life, listen to me, with unguarded hearts and unprotected minds. You see, unguarded hearts and unprotected minds fall prey to every influence. I, I want to share with you how, how, how our minds are extremely strong. They're very powerful, but they're also very susceptible to influence. 
You see, that's the way the devil works. He wants to make sure that he always influences you and I to make the wrong decisions and choose the wrong things to do. And he does it through our, through, through our desires of our hearts. But he makes sure because, listen to me clearly, your mind is designed to receive. The five senses that we have are all receptacles. We touch something, we immediately, we immediately receive it. We smell something, we immediately receive it. Uh, uh, uh. We see something, we immediately receive it. We hear something, we immediately receive it. Our mind is constantly on the reception. They say that even when someone passes away, their hearing is still intact. You've heard and you've seen people singing to folks in comas and reading to them because they say that your mind is still receiving. If our mind can still receive, even at the times that we are not conscious, imagine what your mind can do when you are conscious. I'd like to suggest to the listening ear outside our church today and around here and those listening online, your mind is more powerful. Uh, it is the battleground for uh, the spiritual world. The devil desires to constantly influence our hearts, our minds, our soul, so that we can do things sometimes without even thinking. There go Freudian slips where sometimes you're saying something more than you should or you're responding when life uh, uh, says something to you or does something to you and then a four-letter word comes out or some action happens, all because our minds are powerful and the influences that come in. And so one of the things that's necessary on this road of life as we continue to go in our message today is that you and I stay on Route 66. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Stay on Route 66. You see, Route 66 is uh, probably one of the most famous roads in America. Yeah, it starts in Chicago uh, and then uh, meanders all the way down through some of those mid-states and ends right here in Los Angeles. Nat King Cole and a few others sing awesome songs about how you can get your kicks on route. Come on, let me hear you. 66, that's right. It's very historic for its awesome landscape, and I did some research on it this week. One of the things that made Route 66 so desirous to travel on is that all the other roads around it were treacherous, going up and down through mountains, around hills and valleys, and individuals did not want to take that road. And so what the creators at that time decided to do a couple things. They wanted to make sure that the road Maryland folks traveled on was flat, so that they wouldn't have to horse and buggy up some mountains and back down, that bandits wouldn't be able to hide around. Second, they wanted to make sure was that people could access other communities and other places around. So Route 66 traditionally ran through some of the main cities in, in uh, New Mexico, uh, in Texas, uh, in Oklahoma, and some of those areas just to make sure that people had an opportunity to gain some food, some sleep, and also, watch this, pour into those communities around them. 
People began to build their homes and their stores and their gas stations right on Route 66 so as to make sure that people who were traveling on that road got an opportunity to receive some help, get some gas, get a good night's sleep. Motels, they say, got some of their uh, landmark establishments on Route 66. Pastor, that is a good word if I were traveling, but what do you mean? I'd like to suggest to you today that our Route 66 for the church today is the 66 books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. You see, because the Bible oftentimes, for those of us who are traveling through life, it provides hope and provides encouragement and safe passage for many of us who are moving through life. I'd like to suggest to you that you can avoid Freudian slips and mix-ups and mishaps if you fill your mind with the encouragement from the 66 books of the Bible than all the things in the world. So that when some things happen, instead of saying, oh, ish, you say, oh, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. Because if your mind is filled with something, it will produce that thing it's filled with. If your mind is full of God's word, when life begins to challenge you and I, it will produce God's word in the midst of those troubling situations. On Route 66, many of the questions that you will have in life can be answered. Simple questions like, are we there yet? Route 66 will let you know you're almost there. If you're, if, if you're wondering how much longer it will take, Route 66 will help you be comfortable. If you're wondering questions like, when are we going to get there? Route 66, the Bible will help you figure out some of the challenging things of life and point you in the right direction. You see, in Genesis, we can find the beginning and then in Revelations, we can find the end. As we travel through life, some of the Bible stories of some of the Bible stories and characters in the Bible can help you focus on them, thus making our treks to our purpose and even our trek to heaven a little bit more faster and fun-filled. It'll keep us from Potiphar's wife, I mean potholes on the road. The encouraging stories that we can find from God's word will help us not be fools like Nabal who encountered David. Frequently staying in the 66 books of God's word can make us wise like King Solomon, faithful like Daniel, and an evangelist like Paul. Even we can be a disciple like Peter. Now, I, I put Peter in there and I thought to myself, there's probably some better disciples to think about because Peter had a big mouth and he always got himself into some trouble, but I would rather be in trouble with Jesus on my side than be in trouble with fools near me. There are many, many more things going on in the 66 books of the Bible that you and I can have access to that can guard us even when we are not intending for the word of God to guard us. The Bible says of training up a child, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, the training will not depart from them. And that is because lessons in God's word stick to our bones. They scream at us in the middle of the night when things are going wrong. They shout excitement for us when things are going right. They illuminate Christ when we need to see him because living and staying on Route 66 means that we will reach the purpose that God has for us. Finally, as I'm getting ready to close, the last thing I want to say to you is allow God to redirect us and protect us. You see, 
It is definitely going to happen. And you and I can all share the testimony of it that bad things happen all the time. Murphy's Law says, whatever can happen, will happen. It suggests to us that there's never going to be a time where we're going to be away from issues and things that happen in life. But oftentimes, things just happen to us even when we are not trying to be bad. What do you mean, Pastor McBride? Well, we're, we're talking about driving, so I'll give you one of my many, many ticket stories. In North Carolina, I'm driving down and I'm it's late in the evening, Suave, and I've been hanging out with my cousins. We've been playing, having a good time. I whooped a few of them, Eddie, and some bowling. Uh, and I'm just driving and enjoying my drive, and it's getting late. It's about 2 a.m. in the morning, and I'm determined to finish this drive. Uh, and as I'm going, my brother tells me, man, I use a bathroom. Okay, bro. Pull over to the side, and, uh, and let me not miss this important point. The speed limit. Marilyn was about, I think it was about 70. So I said, Jay, I said, I want to get a ticket. So if I drive 72, I can be doing, I can be doing all right. So I set my speed limit, my speedometer to, auto, you know, the auto to, six, to 72 when I'm going. And my brother asked if he used the bathroom. I press the brakes. I take the car, put it into the nearest gas station we found. And um, the, the GPS all this time is rerouting me and telling me where to go. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to figure this out. He goes to the restroom. I put a little bit more gas in the car. And um, as I get in the car, one of the first mistakes I made was I thought I knew where I was going. GPS is screaming at me, and I'm not paying any attention to her because I remember the road was over there. I just, Winston, I, I, in my head, in my mind, at 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm tired. The road was over there. So I begin to ride over there, and uh, the GPS uh, continued to scream at me. But I'm like, man, she don't know what she's talking about. Now, mind you, I, I live on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast only for, you know, to hang out with some cousins and go to a, a funeral, celebrate my uncle. And I, here I am acting like I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing. GPS screaming at me. Man, she is hollering, and I'm turning her down. I don't care what she's talking about. I know I'm going the right way. I know I'm going south. I'm supposed to be going south, so I'm going south on whatever road this is. And the next mistake I do, Selena, I re-engaged my auto drive. She said, oh, yeah, we was at 72. Let's go. She jumps right back up to 72. I take my foot off the brake. I sit back in the seat. Gabby, I'm chilling, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm shaking my head because I'm falling. You know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing all right. Stan, I look up in the mirror. I see these lights. They're just regular car lights. You know, they're just, they're chilling. And I'm just like, I mean, okay. Somebody wants to pass me. Thought to myself, I'm too tired to keep up with them anyway. I'm chill. I'm going to relax. I'm going to be cool. I don't got nothing to hide. I'm doing all right. GPS, she quiet now because she realized this fool ain't paying no attention to me. I'm there going. I'm having a good time, Brandon. Next thing I know, lights getting closer and closer to me, closer and closer to me. Uh, Pat, they on my tail. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? He must be drunk. 
He must not be doing all right. Next thing I know, he turned on the Christmas lights. I'm like, oh, man, I wake up all the cousins in the car. I'm like, y'all got y'all seatbelts on? Man, look, man, cops pulling us over. I don't even know what he's talking about. But as he's pulling me over, I look to the side and I see speed limit, 45. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. So I, I pull over. Grab the rental car information. I take it out the glove compartment. I sit it down in my lap. You know, you know, I've been through this quite some time. I assume the position 11 and 2. Roll the windows all the way down. You know, ain't nobody doing nothing in the car office. We're doing all right. And he comes by. He says, oh, you know, I stop you. I don't even know why they asked that question. Like. I'm like, okay, is this the moment? What moment do I try to get myself out of this ticket? But I'm tired. I'm exhausted. So he comes over. He asks me for my stuff. I, I give him the thing. I say, officer, I, you know, I, I just say, I, I really don't know, officer. I, could, I couldn't find any other words to say. I don't, I don't know. He comes. He takes the ticket from me. He takes my stuff from me. He comes back and he says, uh, you were doing a 72 in a 45. I said, really, officer? Man, because the last highway I was on, the speed limit was 70. And I set my speed, you know, I was just really just trying to get to my destination. I'm not from here. As you can see, my license, he says, yeah, but this is 45 and you're doing 72. I followed you for quite some time. I said, I know, officer, I saw you back there. I thought you were somebody who just wanted to pass. So as you saw, I stayed in the right lane so you could pass over. He said, yeah, I just wanted to see how long it was going to take for you to notice me, and you never did. I said, I said, man, okay. He said, yeah, anyway, here's a ticket. You're going to have to appear in court. I said, I live in California. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, this man had no grace. He had no mercy. He had no understanding for my particular situation. And for the rest of that time and that trip, I'm in North Carolina hanging out with family. I got this dark cloud hanging over my shoulder about how I'm going to pay for this ticket that I got to show up in North Carolina for. And then I got to go home and tell Sister McBride. Like, I can get in trouble with anybody else in the world, but you got to come home and you got to share it with your wife. Like, so what I was doing, what had happened was... Uh, you know, and, man, and let me, man, man, Sister McBride is gracious, gracious, boy. She was like, okay, I don't know how we're going to pay it, but okay. I'm like, ooh, for real? I bet. Let me find odd end job swivel so I could go pay for this ticket. And I prayed and asked the Lord, I said, Lord, listen, man, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't, you know, do what you were telling me to do. And the Holy Spirit said, listen, man, talk to your aunts, talk to some people, find out if you can get yourself, you know, like one of those uh, um, paralegals or somebody to go represent you. So I found uh, one of these shield companies or whatever, and I got me a lawyer and they went ahead and they saw my case for me and they knocked it all the way down to driving nine over the speed limit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all I then had to do was just send in uh, 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 my money. I didn't have to appear in person. And I don't know about you, but that's a good day for me. You know what I mean? Like, that's an awesome day because the way how money flows through the McBride home, I should not be driving as fast as I do. I, sometimes Sister McBride be in the car looking at me like, where, where are we going? And why are we trying to go there so quickly? The Lord's going to help me learn that lesson a little bit better, but I need you to understand God's ability to redirect us cannot 
be, listen to me clearly, cannot be quieter than your decision to move forward in your ignorance. God's always trying to redirect you and I. He's always trying to make sure that we keep our eyes focused on the prize, focused on where he wants us to go, focused on the purpose that he's called you for in your life, less than you and I want to be focused, sorry, more than you and I want to be focused on the things that don't matter to us. When I turned the GPS back on in that car, she was still trying to reroute me. Still trying to get me to get back, watch this, get back on the highway where the speed limit was 70. I would have been all right. I'd have been doing okay. I'd have been doing awesome. I wouldn't have had to pay about, I don't remember how much money it was, over $200. I could have probably could have bought, you know, the kids a good, nice ticket to Universal Studios with that and enjoyed ourselves. But the final thing I want to share with you is that God is always looking to protect you and I. He's always looking to protect you and I. As our musicians come out and get ready to close this message up, the racially motivated shooting that happened very recently in Florida that killed three individuals in the Dollar General store was intended to happen, it seems, on the HBCU campus of Edward Waters University. There at Edwards, Edwards Waters University, uh, some students were walking by uh, and they saw a gentleman who was sitting in his car putting on a tactical vest and putting on a mask and putting his gloves and getting them ready to go. As they saw him, they ran to a nearby security guard, Lieutenant Antonio Bailey, and they said to him, man, something looks off with this guy parked behind the library. Lieutenant Antonio Bailey, Lieutenant Bailey got in his squad car and began to ride around to the back of the library. And when he got around to the back of the library, he saw the gentleman that they were talking about as well. Uh, and he approached this guy on foot, my Lord. As he approached him on foot, the gentleman looked out from his car and he saw the security guard coming towards him. The story says that he sped off away from the campus and three minutes later shot his first victim. And then later opened up in the general uh, Dollar General store and killed two more individuals before killing himself. The president of the campus wanted to share his excitement and happiness for uh, Lieutenant Bailey for making sure that uh, he had watched over his campus. But he says, I'm no hero. It was the students who were on guard. It was the students that we teach them. If you see something, say something. And in that one moment of guarding his, his school, his university, he was able to keep back this massacre that could have possibly happened on that campus. I'd like to suggest to you guys today that God is Lieutenant Bailey in your story. And I want to share with you that there are countless times that he has protected your back. He has watched your six. He has kept you and I from certain danger, even when we were being fools ourselves.
I'd like to suggest to you that some things in life that you are experiencing now, some obstacles that you are going through, some things that are challenging your relationships or challenging your purpose in your life right now, they're only going on so that God can make you greater, but nothing has been put in your path that can destroy you because we got our own Lieutenant Bailey looking out and his name is Jesus. So if you're encountering some trouble today, I need you to know you're greater than that trouble. You can be better than that trouble and God is guarding you. He is protecting you. He's even redirecting you so that you and I can be greater, stronger, and better because he's got a purpose for you and I. He's got a plan to take us to heaven. He doesn't want to keep us down here much longer and he wants to make sure that we go without the loss of one. I've got to ask you the question, are you ready to follow your purpose with God today? How many heaven-bound Christians sitting in the audience today knowing that this earth is not my dwelling place? I definitely want to go to heaven. So if that's the case on the road of life, you need to make sure you access your GPS, your God positioning system often. Check in with God on a daily basis. God, am I going in the right direction? You need to stay in the Word. Stay on Route 66. Make sure that all of what you're reading is helping you get to your purpose. And finally, allow God to redirect and protect us. He knows what's ahead of you. He knows that there are things on the side that you need to be aware of. He knows that there's an accident ahead. And he's going to tell you. He's going to share it with you. God says in his word that we are more than overcomers. And I'm encouraging you on today, as you meander through life, chasing the purpose that God has called you for, check in with your God positioning system. Stay on Route 66 and allow God to redirect and protect you. Father, in the sanctuary today, our hearts and minds turn towards you. And Lord, some of us are older, some of us are younger. But what is clear, Father, is you have a course of life designed for us. And you told us in your word to protect and guard it at all times. Lord, today, Father, we want to make sure, Father, that we are constantly checking in with you, whether that be through prayer, through devotion, whatever that is, Father. We want to constantly check in with you, Father, so our hearts, our minds are constantly guarded. When you speak, Father, we want to listen. And then, oh Lord, teach us how to stay in your word. Sometimes, Father, we'll read different things and it might not be exciting to read, Father, but help us always to find the lesson you're trying to teach us. And then, oh Lord, help us to allow you to redirect us. Help us to allow you to protect us, Father. Help us not to be so wrong and strong, Father, that we turn a blind ear or deaf ear, Father, and a blind eye to what it is you're saying and what it is you're encouraging us to do. And then, oh Lord, help us to guard the influences of our minds. For some of our younger folks in here, Father, that may mean putting down social media sometimes. Father, for some of our parents in here, Father, that might mean uh, having the courage, Father, to be the parent that our children doesn't like, but definitely shows the love that we have for them. Sometimes, Father, it may mean, dear God, that we sideline ourselves, put ourselves on timeout for a little bit just to regain our strength with you. 
This week, Father, we accept the challenge to access our position with you on a daily basis. We're going to stay in your word, Father, and we're going to allow you to redirect us when we make mistakes. We'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let the whole church say amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah.